tonight. Amen. Last month we were talking about Christian soldiers and dress and appearance. Amen. And so everybody's looking, standing tall, looking good, like you ought to be in Hollywood, right? That's the way you used to sing it in the army, army cadence. Standing tall and looking good, you ought to be in Hollywood. Hey, hey, what do you say? Charlie Cougars are on the way. Amen. But uh, esprit de corps, a little esprit de corps there. Amen. And so, amen, we want to get right into this next lesson. Amen. And I hope you are monitoring. I hope you are taking your lessons. I hope you are taking notes and you're going back and you're looking over these things during the course of the day and allowing God to speak to your heart through this. And I made mention of this Sunday when you when you stop and look at the the purpose and the vision that God has given us, that you might walk worthy of the Lord and to all please and be fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. This is what it's all about. Is, is learning how to increase and grow in the things of God. And the more we grow in God, the more prepared we are for things that comes against us and things that happen so that we don't quit, we don't give up. God wants us to have the joy of the Lord. If God says he's come, that we might have life and that more abundantly, then we should be flourishing by now. Amen. Because... The Word of God has everything we have need of in it. Amen. And so this is important. So we're talking about tonight, this month, we're going to be talking about Christian soldiers and preparation for battle. Christian soldiers and preparation for battle. And then you notice our theme scripture, Paul, right into the church at Ephesus. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. In other words, get it on so that you are able to stand against all the tricks and all the schemes and everything that's going to come against you. And part of what you will find when we're talking preparation for battle is training. Training, training. If you look at our military, the purpose of military is for defense. Amen. It is for the defense of a nation. And that's why you see how Paul is using these analogies of the military to prepare. Amen. And that's why when you look at the scriptures, you know, when you look at the history of the church, you see it was a constantly war. It was a battle going on. Amen. You know, and so they had to prepare. They had to be ready for what was going to come against them. They had to know how to defeat their enemies. And this is why the scriptures are for you and I so that we can learn how to defeat our enemies. You know, and there's a lot of things you have to learn how to do. And I don't have enough time. I could probably teach this 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 series here for the rest of the Till the Lord comes, because, you know, that's what it's all about, is the preparation uh, for battle. And, and that's why training, when you look at our military, as I was saying here, you know, from basic training, they teach you the basic things you need to know how to operate. And then you go on to your advance, and then you get higher and higher. You know, the higher you go, the more you learn, the more you know. And it's the same way in the church. You know, this is what Paul is saying in Hebrews. You know, at the time you should be teachers. You have need that others teach you again. Because as every year we grow in the Lord, we should get higher and no more. That's, that's, it's no different than the regular military. 
the longer you stay in, the more you're going to know. Because you go through things, you deploy, you work with people, you see more people, people come, people go. You learn things. Every time someone new comes, you're going to learn something new. You know, they're going to give you something that you, a problem that you're going to have to deal with and work out or help them to work out. And so it's designed to help you to prepare for the battles that are going to come. Now, we know that they're going to come. There's no doubt about that. You know, when you look at Peter, First Peter chapter 4, verse 12, Peter says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fire trials, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. He says, But rejoice in that you are becoming a partaker of Christ's suffering. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you, because the spirit and glory of God rest upon you. On their part, he's evil spoken of, but on your part, he's glorified. So he tells us that trials are going to come. Things are going to happen in in our lives that if we're not trained, if we're not ready, we're going to fall. We're going to quit. We're going to give up. I've seen guys and gals, you know, quit. You know, the pressure comes upon them. You know, in the natural military, things uh, start happening. And they just can't deal with it. Whereas if they'd have been at church, if they'd have been studying the Word of God, if they'd have been praying, they would have been able to endure. You see, because that's where you learn how to engage in these things. You know, uh, the more battles you are, you participate in, you know, pretty soon you begin to help yourself to overcome these things. Now, in your opening there, you know, it goes, it says, and I'm, I took this from some of our nation's history here uh, as well to try to show you a little bit where we're coming from. It says, we can trace the connections between training and success and battle to one of the Army's early leaders and trainer, General Winfrey Scott, in the War of 1812. For nearly two years, American soldiers had suffered loss after loss against British forces along the Canadian border. To end the defeats, President James Madison appointed new military leaders, one of whom was Scott. On March the 24th, 1814, he took charge of a small, poorly prepared force at Buffalo and set out to make these men the professionals equal to the British soldier. His training, based on current British handbooks, was hard and realistic, and his discipline was strict. He drilled his men ten hours a day in infantry tactics, the use of the musket and bayonet, the close-order drill. The first test of Scott's training came on March, July the 3rd, 1814, during the Battle of Chippewa. For the first time in the war, American soldiers stood up to their foes and drove them from the field. So notice here, in just a short period of time, he was able to train them, to prepare them. And notice what it says, tough, realistic training 
he implemented into them. And you know, when Baron von Steuben, another military leader, came, he too, uh, with General Washington, applied tough, realistic training to the men that was a part of Washington's army and close order drill and, and, and things to make them be able to see how to deal with their enemies up close. And to when the more tough, realistic training you go through, you can stand because your confidence is built at a level. When you look at Isaiah, Isaiah 9-5, Isaiah 9-5 says what? Every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood. Warfare is nasty. You know, warfare is confusing sometimes. You don't know why you're going through. A lot of people don't understand. You can say, well, pastor, I pray. I read my Bible, but it just seems like I can't get over this hurdle. Every time I turn around, there's another problem. There's another situation. You know, part of these things can be coming from God as well as your enemy to see what you're made of. When you look at Jesus' training of his disciples, where did he put them most of the time? <laughs> right in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> and a boat right in the middle of the ocean, right in the middle of the storm. Why? Because if now you got to decide, am I going forward or am I going to go back? Or if I'm going to drown out here. Most people ain't going to drown. They will do something to try to protect themselves if they're in the middle. And most of the times they will either go back the other way because that's well known or they will go forward because it's closer. You know, and so this is the things we have to get used to is moving forward. Now look at Mark chapter 4. Go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And let's look at verse 35 through 40. It is for me, you pastors of Scripture, you've, you've read it thousands of times in your, in your study when Jesus put his disciples out in the middle of the boat, amen, in the sea. Verse, Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41. And the same day when evening was come, notice, it's getting dark. <laughs> when the evening was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awaked him and said to him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly. And said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the waves and the sea obey him? So you can see here, Jesus in the evening put them out there. Amen. And he decides to take a break to, and lay down to see basically what they're going to do. 
they're they're fighting this storm. But notice what it's doing. It's increasing their confidence and it's increasing their faith at the same time. It's helping them to be able to overcome fear. It's also Jesus showing them that I'm not going to leave you and I'm not going to forsake you. So he's already promised us that promise. So as a child of God, we should never fear because we know he's with us. Because our faith is being able to see God in the dark. No matter what I go through in my life, I have got to learn to wait upon the Lord, to trust in him with all my heart, as Solomon says in Proverbs 3, and lean not to my own understanding. My own understanding is take matters into your own hands. My own understanding is you fix this now. Amen. Don't wait on God. God ain't here yet. Kind of like Saul. You know, King Saul, you remember, if you've been reading your Bible through, if you read it this morning, you know, what did Saul do? You know, he, he saw the Philistines, so he, Samuel didn't get there in time. So what did he do? He took matters in his own hand, didn't he? And as a result, you know, he started sacrificing, and that was not his job. And as a result, he let fear get in his heart from what he was looking at. See, you can't keep looking at your surroundings. you got to keep your focus on Christ. Amen. This is why Paul says in Colossians 3, If you've been risen with Christ, seek those things that are above. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. Because if you look around our world today right now and what's going on, you're going to be confused. You're going to lose focus. Amen. And, and, and you, you can't lose focus of what God has called you to do. You can't lose focus of your priorities. Amen. Your, your, your calling of God is, is your focus. What has God called you to do? Jesus says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. Okay. So if he chose you, he has a purpose for your life. I can't tell you what that purpose is for your life. You know, I've had men and women ask me, well, what do you think God wants me to do? I don't know what God wants you to do. That's where you've got to get along with God. That's where you've got to get in your secret closet and begin to talk to God and find out what he wants you to do. Amen. Why did he even choose you? He's got a purpose. So you need to know that because if not, you will be frustrated all the time. See? But once you know the purpose of his calling for your life, then you can focus and train towards that that purpose. And as a result, you will be content. You will learn contentment as you grow. But as long as you are, are scattered and you don't know what you're called to do, amen, the enemy will keep playing on your mind and he will defeat you. But if you know your job, you know what you're required to do, like any good soldier, you can be effective. So here we see Jesus has got him in the middle of the ocean, and he asked them, why are you so fearful? How is it Don't you, you don't have any faith? You know, he told them later on, he says, in your patience possess ye your soul. See, you have to learn patience or you will lose your soul. You've got to, to learn how to wait, you know. On God. And that's where every soldier has to get to that point. So we see here uh, in our opening how Scott trained these men. And the now they've got confidence because they put their enemy to run. 
You know, his goal was to make them just as good as the original British soldiers were. And their fighting abilities are better. And as a result, when you know that you are superior to your enemy, you have confidence. And you will begin to prepare yourself and be excited about doing it. You know, that's, that's the goal of the church. You know, Jesus says to us, the things that I, the, the, the works that I do, shall you do also. And what? Greater. See? He wants you to be better than do a lot of the things that he did while you're here, but you've got to train for it. See? You've got to prepare for it. Amen. And so we go through things in our lives to build our confidence and build our endurance, and so we will trust in the Lord. Amen. So we, we can keep moving forth in this thing and, and allowing God to show us the things that we need so that we are prepared and in this war, in this battle that we face day to day, day, day in and day out. God is great and greatly to be praised. Y'all can still hear me, can't you? <laughs> so we get some fresh air in here. Amen. And so as a result of this, as we're preparing Amen. Continually for the battle. Amen. Getting ready for the battle. Biblical training prepares Christian soldiers, Christians, leaders, and churches to fight and to win battle. Notice, biblical training. Biblical training. That's what we're going through right now. Biblical training. Searching the Scripture. You know, studying the Scripture, applying the Scripture, learning how to to unfold the Scriptures, looking at situations in the Word of God. How do they deal with certain things? Why were they there? Why are these things examples for us? Amen. Paul writing to the church, if you look at Romans 15.4, go to Romans 15.4 real quick. Romans 15.4. Everybody there? Romans 15, 4. For the things that was written afore was written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the Scripture might have hope. Notice. So the things that was written before See, we're written for our learning that we, you and I, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. See, you don't want to lose your hope. You know, we're saved what? By hope. Romans 8 said we're saved by hope. So you don't want to lose your hope. Amen. You want to be able to know that you're going to be victorious, that you're going to win here. So the things that was written, that's why you read those stories. That's why the Old Testament is so key and important, amen, to you as a child of God. Because you began to see what God did for the church, how he brought them out, how he delivered them, how they went through the wilderness, how they faced things in their life. But all of it is to show you that God was with them. It shows you and I, when we don't obey God, what happens. But God wants us to win. He always wanted us to win. He, we, we say if we read the back of the book, we win. But you ain't going to win <laughs> if you don't fight the war. 
Say, you don't win just by the cakewalk. You got to be a part of the battle. You've got to be a part of the victory. Amen. You've got to do your part or else you don't win in the war. Amen. Look at 1 Corinthians 10, 11. 1 Corinthians 10, 11. 1 Corinthians 10 and 11. Paul says, Now all these things happen unto them for an examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world is come. So the things that was written is for our warning to show us, is to give us examples how to overcome, how to prepare, you know, how to be ready for things that may try to sneak up on us. Amen. We get ready for these things in our lives. 1 John 5.13. 1 John 5.13. 1 John 5.13. John says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of Jesus, the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Notice, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that you have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. See, we got to get to that point where we says, wow, he did it for them. He'll do it for me. God fought for Israel. He'll fight for me. Amen. And so... The Bible training is essential to prepare us for battle. Amen. Training the church must be a part of our standardized training doctrine. It must be a part of the doctrine. Individual training must develop Christian soldiers who are proficient in battlefield skills, disciplined, physically tough, and highly motivated. Being able to deal with unforeseen and unwanted circumstances and situations can only be overcome if one is properly prepared and trained for war. The church must maintain a high state of readiness at all times. And each individual must ensure that they are prepared or preparing themselves to fight and win. Notice. You got to prepare yourself. Study to show yourself approving to God. Workmen that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Notice the honors and the responsibility is on each one of us. The church has a responsibility to teach and to show, but we each have a responsibility to learn and to grow. Amen. You know, you, you get books and things. You got a Bible. You should be studying it and preparing. You know, doing your own individual Bible studies and things uh, uh, to prepare yourself for the battle that is going to come against you and the things that you might face on a continual basis or day-to-day basics. You know, how's your prayer life? Is it, is, it, is it weak or is it strong? Do you have a solid prayer life? Are you afraid to pray? If I called on you right now and says, pray, if I got up here on Sunday morning and called you out of the middle of the crowd and says, stand up and pray, would you be afraid? If you are afraid to stand up and pray, if you're called upon, you know, then that's a, that's a, a sign you, you, need to, you need more training. 
you should be ready to step forward to go at any time. Amen. Because if the enemy finds out you're afraid, then he's going to use it against you. See? And the more you do something that you're afraid to do, you build confidence. You know, I think I told you about I used to be afraid of riding roller coasters until I decided I got to defeat this thing. And then I got in one, and I just says, if I die, I just die. If you come off the track and I die, if it throws me out, I die, I'm just gone. I ain't going to know it anyhow. I'm just dead, I'm gone. You know, you know, that's the way I, and that was how I got in it with that mindset. And after I went around the first time, I thought, man, this is a piece of cake. Let's ride all day. You know, you know, yeah, you know. And, 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 you know, and that's how you build confidence and build faith is doing things that you're, you're, you're afraid to do. See, you know, that's like a lot of people say, oh, I'm afraid to fly in an airplane. You know, the first time I had to fly, I will be honest with you, I was a little bit apprehensive, as, as, especially when it hit the first air pocket, <laughs> you know. But but after that, you know, I got used to it, you know, then, you know, I, I'm okay now. I, I can get up there and I just get me a blink and fall to sleep. You know, like I said, if, if it falls, what am I going to do? I ain't nothing I can do. I'm just gone. It's my time, right? And so that's, why, that's what I tell people all the time when I get on the plane and they're afraid and they're sitting beside me. I tell them, look, God ain't finished with me yet, so don't worry. It ain't going to fall. <laughs> so, so you know, but but that's how we build confidence and, and, and things, and so we have to prepare and get used to to these kind of things, you know, volunteering to do things and, and to to do. I know a lot of people like to work in the backgrounds and stuff, but it comes the times you got to get in front. <laughs> it comes the time you got to be out front, you know, and as a result. You'll see how easy it is. And another one of the ways we do that is testimony time. You know, stand up and tell it if you love my Jesus. You know, <laughs> you know no, that, that is a time to stand up and tell what God has done. And as you do those little things like that, you find yourself being an overcomer of fear of people, you know, you know, speaking to your neighbors, you know, talking to your neighbors or, or talking to people when you're in Walmart or whatever. It all is designed to help you to overcome fear, say, that you might face and stuff. Because what would you do if somebody stopped you and just started talking to you? You know, the, the unique thing happened to me the other day. I was at Walmart on the north side and, and all of a sudden, you know, I was just standing there waiting for my wife and my daughter-in-law and minding my business. And this lady, she looked like she was a homeless lady. At her cart, she came up, and she just came right up to me and just started asking me biblical questions. Yeah, I, I'd never seen her before in my life. Huh? <laughs> I mean, she just came up and started talking to me and asking me biblical questions. You know, so we stood there, and I talked to her about 30 minutes. Now, if I'd have been afraid... You know, I could have said, I don't know. I don't. But no, 
we we just stood there and had a a, a, a nice conversation, you know, and stuff. So you can't fear people. That's what Jesus told us, right? You know, he said, don't fear him that can kill the body, but rather fear him that can give the body and soul in hell. So in other words, fear me, reverence me, serve me. Amen. And things will be okay. So preparation, preparation. Amen. So number one on your paper there, use of appropriate doctrine. You know, look, look at our doctrine, the Bible. That's the doctrine. It's the infallible Word of God. That's what you've got to use as a Christian to prepare yourself. Everything that you have need of is in this book. Amen. You've got to study it. You've got to search it. You've got to spend time in it. If there's no other book in your home or in your life should be no more important to you than this book right here. You should be able to know if it's on the right or on the left. You should know if it's in the old or in the new. Uh, That's all part of the preparation process is studying the Word of God. And one of the ways you can get used to things is when you're reading it, have your highlighter. Or, or something, okay, or, or, or sharp pencil or something that you can write out in the margins, you know, when somebody is preaching and stuff. You know, if, if you notice the thing that my wife is, is selling now, the journal, you know, you see them advertising it, the journal. You see my grandsons is walking around here with it. Well, those, they came up with those because you can bring it to church and everything you go through and even on your home study time, as you write down what was the main scripture they taught, the preacher preached about, what was the message about, what what scriptures did he say that inspired you, so that you can keep up with what is going on, and at the end of the year you can go back and see it and and make sure that you have an understanding of what it is all about. Let me get one real quick and I'll show you what I'm talking about here. You know, and this is what it is. They they developed these. It is a 365 day journal, and as a result, you can you you should have, your children should have one. You know, it's a good way for parents to keep up with their children and inspire their children to study the Word of God. You know, they get into like the devotion here. You know, like here it says, you know, I'm a daily Bible reader, and the date they start, you know. What I read, what did you read on Sunday? What did you read on Monday? What did you read on Tuesday? What is my favorite verse this week? My memory verse this week. What did they get at down in Sunday school? These kind of things, you know. I had a lady buy one the other day. She says, I like to have a journal, you know. And she's like 50-something years old. You know, here, like main thought. What was the main thought that that was brought out in this message or to teach it? This is all part of the preparation the blast journal is called. Let's blast off into Bible learning and spiritual training. You know, so those are good, you know, for you, for your children, your grandchildren, amen, to help them prepare. So the Bible is that appropriate doctrine. Notice here, amen, Paul writing to the church, Timothy, he says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine or teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness, 
that the man of God may be perfect. That term man, there is gender neutral. The man may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And then he goes on and says, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead as is appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exalt with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own heart, own lust, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Amen. So all scriptures are inspired by God, and it's got a purpose. So you can teach from it. You can learn from it. You make corrections uh, in your life. Amen. And you can help others make corrections. You can show them the right way. The book of Proverbs, amen, is a book of wisdom. And every day you should read a chapter of the book of Proverbs. Like today was the fourth. You should have read Proverbs chapter four, you know, to get the wisdom of God into your heart. Why do you need wisdom? Because you're going to have to make some wise decisions. Your children are going to grow, and they're going to start asking you decisions, questions. You know, as your children get old, they come home sometimes. You know, if they're going through things in their lives, they may sit down at the table at, at dinner, and they start talking about things they're going through, and they might ask you for some advice. And you want to have the Word of God hidden in your heart. You want to have the wisdom and knowledge of God so that you can share with them truth because notice what Paul is saying here it's going to come a time that they will not endure sound doctrine there's so much false doctrine out there today there's so much false teaching that is going on today that this is why people are having such a hard time with with life nowadays because the t- church is is teaching false doctrine. The church has gotten to a po- what we call the church is is gotten to a point that where they're just letting anything go, you know. And as a result, that ain't going to help anybody, you know. Even our schools, they're just teaching anything that that, that please people, you know. That you know that those that should know good moral upbringing and standards should be teaching children at school the right way you know and 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 if you read the word of god they could use tact and diplomacy and can teach the word of god in a manner to children so that they understand you know without you know it's saying is is from the bible you know the principles of of truth and wisdom you don't have to say the bible says you can just teach it and show them in such a way that you're putting it in their hearts, you know, so that they have that understanding and knowledge. But if they're, if the administrators and people are not trained in the Word of God the right way, then, then they'll be afraid to present it because they're afraid that people can say, oh, that's in the Bible. No, this book, amen, if you go back and you think about how our nation was built, this is what they used to, to teach, you know, many, many years, you know, and stuff, how to live right and to do right. You know, I, you know, my father didn't even have an education. He couldn't even write his name. But I guarantee you, he, he knew how to farm. He knew how to, to teach us right, 
you know, and everything else because he had been in church and heard the word of God. You know, he used to sit on, on the porch and quote the scriptures and stuff, and he couldn't even write his name. But he was always at church. You know, he knew based on the word of God because the preachers and, and, and people was using the word of God. They come to the house, they sat around, they talk about the Lord. You know, and we got to get back to that, you know, because this is what prepares us. This is what prepares families now. You know, we, we need to have, you know, if you look at the early church, they went from house to house, you know, breaking bread. You know, they was talking about the Word of God. They were sharing testimonies of, of what God has done. Say, we got to get back to these things. That's what doctrine is all about, is, is to prepare us and to teach us and to show us. You know, even when I was in the Army, you know, we'd be in school going through a class. What did we do? You know, at, at, we'd have what we call like study hall. <laughs> you know, you get together and you discuss stuff for the class. What the teacher taught that day. Prepare. You go through notes and, you know, you talk about those things. And as a result, you know, everybody passed the course because you was helping one another. Well, it's the same way in the church. Part of the preparation. This is why we are told to continue in fellowship. See, because when you're sitting around and you're fellowshipping with one another, you can talk about the Lord. You can talk about things, you know. You can share with one another, you know, visits and what somebody did. What is it does? It is encouraging. When you look at the book of Acts, when Paul and Silas came, what did the guy say? Hey, you got any words of exhortation? Say on. You know, what, what you got going on? Because, see, they weren't able to go there. You know, and so when Paul was traveling him and Silas, they would find out things was going in the other churches and stuff. And so they share it with them. That's why missionaries come through, you know, and they share with us what is going on in their fields of labor because everybody can't go there. What for? To encourage us, to strengthen us. Amen. To testimony. So the doctrine, amen, is designed for reproof and corrections and instructions in righteousness. Because what is the linen of the saints of God? Righteousness. we got to learn how to do what is right if we're going to win. As long as we're doing wrong, the enemy, he don't care. See? Because he knows as long as you ain't doing right, you ain't going to win. We only win when we do what is right. So this is what we want. Amen. We believe... The Bible to be the inspired Word of God, the infallible Word of God. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is proper for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instructions in righteousness. The Bible is the only God-given authority which man possesses. Therefore, all doctrine, faith, hope, and all instructions for the church must be based upon and harmonized with the Bible. Notice, notice, it is the only God-given authority. You remember when they had Kim Davis there in Kentucky when she went and issued the, the license to the same such cover? And they says, where do you get your authority? She says, God's authority. See? In other words, she was saying the Word of God. See? Because that's the only God-given authority 
which man possessed therefore all doctrine, all faith, all hope, and all instructions for the church must be based upon it and harmonized with the Bible. See, we want to be in line according to the word of God. What is God's word saying? It is to be read and studied by all men everywhere and can only be clearly understand by those who are anointed by what? The Holy Ghost. This is what John says in 1 John 2.27. But if the anointed which you have received upon him, from him abide upon you, then you have no need that any man teach you. But the same anointing would teach you. Remember what Jesus said, the Spirit would lead you and guide you to all truth. See? And so therefore, we need to make sure that we are reading and studying the Word of God. Every day, it must be a part of your life. Study it. You know, see what it says to you. Read it over and over and over and over. The more of God's Word that you hide in your heart, the more of God's Word that you memorize, you will find yourself going back to it. And you will be able to encourage yourself when you're going through things in your life. No prophecy, 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21. No prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old times by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Notice. It came in old times by the will, not by the will of man, but the holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. In other words, the, that was Second Peter chapter one verse twenty. It should be on your paper. Yeah, it should be right there on your paper. Okay, so yeah, you guys got the same notes I got, but I use I have a little extra on the side of mine because I study it over more. <laughs> If I gave you all my notes, then you would probably have about 40 sheets of paper. <laughs> so, but, uh, but here, here you see, you know, what we believe, you know. And this is why James goes on there. James said, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened unto a man, beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso look into the perfect law of liberty, and continue therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer, this man shall be blessed, what? In his deeds. Notice, he will be blessed in what he does. You're going to win. This is what David says in Psalms 1. Psalms 1 kicks off with saying what? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the ways of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is where? In the law of the Lord. And in the law that he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the waters whose... Leaves shall not wither. Amen. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper, right? Shall bring forth fruit in his season, right? And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. But notice the next verse. But the ungodly are not so. For they are soon driven away or removed by the chaff like the wind. 
For the ungodly should not stand, you know, and judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the just, right? But the way of the unjust shall perish. See? Notice, you got to meditate in the Word. Read it. In other words, read it and stop and think about what you just read. That's why that word, when you read in Scripture and it says, Selah, stop and go back and read what you just read. Meditate on what you just read. See? Think about it. Wow. You know, this is what you want to do. You know, what was going on? What happened? So that you have an understanding. The things that are written before was written for our learning. That we, through patience and comfort of the Scripture, might have hope. So you want to spend time meditating in these things so that you are ready to understand. If no prophecy of the Scripture is any private interpretation, holy men of God spake as they was moved by the Spirit of God. Then therefore the prophecies that are going to come are those that has already come is for our learning. So we'd be ready. See? We have to be ready. And, and that comes from studying the Word of God. So James says, don't just be a hearer. Do what it says so that you'll be blessed in what you do. He want, God wants us to win. You know, that's why you look at Revelation 2. You know, the Lord said the devil's going to cast some of you in prison. You're going to be tried. He said, but he that doeth unto the end, the same shall be saved. You know, and I'll give you a crown of life, you know, which fadeth not away. You know, you, you don't want to lose your crown. He says, see that no man steal your crown. You know, you, you want to win. You want to win. You know, Paul says to the church of Galatia, he says, you know, I, you know, you run well. He says, but who did hinder you that you didn't obey the truth? See? He says, this persuasion did not come from him that called you. You know? He says, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. He says, but I am persuaded that you would be otherwise minded. See, so that them that trouble you, whoever they may be, shall receive, you know, their own reward. See, in Galatians chapter 5 there. You know, you, you've got to, to, to realize here that we've got to prepare ourselves and we've got to study the Word of God and we've got to hold on to the Word of God, you know, so that when these false doctrines and things comes up against us, that we're ready, amen, for every good work. This is why Peter says you need to be ready to give an account or an answer to every man that asks you of the hope that is in you. Without, with fear and trembling. Okay? So you gotta work out your own salvation, he told Timothy, right? With fear and trembling. Work it out. Get in there. Amen. Apply yourself. Study. You, you're a warrior. You're a soldier. You gotta learn how to wear this armor. You gotta be prepared here. And you know, notice what the Lord, he says in Ephesians 6, the first piece of armor you gotta put on is what? Lawrence girded about with truth, right? You want your Lawrence girded about with truth. You want truth because the truth will make you free. I am the way and the truth. <laughs> Sanctify them through thy, thy word is, and it was full of grace and <laughs> truth. Amen. See, so you, you, and this is why the Word of God is profitable. 
It's true. <laughs> See? And so if you study it, all you're doing is putting truth in you. And the truth will always make you free. You're not going to be bound. You know, you're going to be at liberty. See? Because whom the Son sets, makes free, is free indeed. Liberty. That's what he come to set us free. Amen. And so we want to be ready. Amen. We must not just hear God's word, but we must do what it says if we are going to be victorious in the battle. Now, I beseech you, brethren, Paul says here in Romans sixteen seventeen, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. Amen. So he says, mark them that come teaching things that is different than what you have received. And no, it's true. Different than the word of God. Amen. You mark them. Amen. Because if you obey them, if you stay with them, they're going to convince you and lead you wrong way. You know, this is why the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the scribes had such a hard time with Jesus. See, they had gotten so far away from what God had taught them and what Moses had taught them they were supposed to do. You know, they start making things convenient. That, you know, people was to bring their sacrifice. They wanted to be able to go to church and buy it. You know, that was making it convenient for people. Too easy. See? And, And as a result, if you can buy what you want right there, you know, then there's no sacrifice. You know, God wanted them to be able to... Put something into it. This is what David said. I'm not going to present to the Lord nothing that don't cost me something. You know, I, I, and so they made it too convenient for them. And as a result, they start doing wrong things. And the next thing you know, what was they doing? They were selling and everything else. They was defiling the temple of God. So when Jesus came, he just walked and made some cords and went in and started turning everything over. And he said, you know, You've made my house a den of thieves. You know? And so then they, what happened? They get mad at him, you know, for running them out of the church. You know, he was trying to get them back to where they were supposed to be. Because that's what happens when you start making things too convenient for people and too easy for people. Then they don't, they don't apply themselves. They don't do anything to try to, to, to better themselves. And that's what we see happening in our world today. You know, if I give you a handout and a welfare check all the time, you ain't ever going to do work. You know, if I can come and knock on your door, Brother Richard, all the time, say, Brother Richard, let me have 10, man. I'll pay you next week. And you give me 10, you know, I go, come back next week, knock on the door, hey, Brother Richard, let me have 10, man. You know, you give me another 10, you know, I'm never going to go to work. I'm never going to do nothing. You know, you need to put me in a, in a place to where I have to work, you know, to, to, to better myself. See, what is happening right now is people are not. That's what happens when you give people stuff all the time and don't ex- require them to do anything to earn it. You know, it, they, get, they grow in that concept, and as a result of that, you know, you're just making them weaker and weaker. Say, you got to make, as Paul told Timothy, if man don't work, he don't eat. <laughs> you need to make him go to work, you know. 
and stuff. You know, there's something everybody can do. So, yeah, so, amen. So Paul says, mark them that call offense contrary to the doctrine and avoid them. Second Timothy 2, 1 through 5. And I'm going to finish here. Amen. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangle himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who have chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for mastery, yet he is not crowned except he strive lawfully. Amen. Notice, you got to do it lawfully. Amen. And that's why the word of God is so important, because it will teach us how to do things right, the right way. Amen. We won't get entangled up in the affairs of this life. We will realize our calling. We will stay focused on our calling. We will stay focused on what God is asking us to do and not be drawn away by every wind of doctrine and everything that comes down the pipeway because we will be rooted and grounded in truth and we will stay focused on where we're going and the battle that is ahead of us so that we're not ensnared and entrapped by the enemy of our soul because as, as the scripture said, the thief comes not but what? Steal, kill, and destroy. And so if we do not prepare ourselves, amen, then the enemy can easily deceive us. He can do us like he did Eve. He could just start proposing questions and stuff to get you to think the wrong way. And we want to make sure that we are faithful and committed men and women to the things of God, amen, so that we do win this battle and we win this race and we beat our enemies and defeat him at every juncture, amen, of this life, amen. So mark them which cause offense contrary and avoid them, amen. And we're going to, this month, we're going to be talking more and more and more about preparation for battle, amen, and going through some scriptures and and looking at battles and things of that nature and how they succeeded as well and how we too can succeed also. Amen.